May I speak to the glory of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things during these recent months of lockdown that used to irritate me, maybe irritate me irrationally, to be fair, was when people announced that the church is closed. I can see I'm going to be getting annoyed these coming weeks with talk about the UK as well with this new lockdown over there. On the one hand, it's a factual statement about the church buildings, but it's not factual about the church. The church was not closed. The church is not closed, and the church will not be closed because the church is the people of God not the building. It is something, of course, we know, but at times we can end up forgetting it to some extent. It's not not a case, then, of going to church on a Sunday, of only having anything to do with church for an hour or so on a Sunday morning, but something about how we live our lives as the church every moment of every day. The church, the people of God, followers of the way, disciples of Jesus Christ, those who are called to be saints. Nothing about a building made of stone, but everything about a group of humans, fallible as they are, trying to live life in a particular way, following Jesus. In today's Gospel reading, we hear the Beatitudes, Jesus is telling the crowd and us coming after as well about how the church is to function, how people are to live their lives. And to much of the world then as now, it makes little sense. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who struggle with their mental health. The world suggests People like this are weak. But Jesus proclaims they are blessed by God. Blessed are those who mourn. So often we hear, when you get over it, cheer up. It's happened. But Jesus proclaims they are blessed by God if they are mourning. Blessed are those who are meek, who are humble. The world seems to build up and celebrate those who are boastful and overconfident. But Jesus proclaims the meek, the humble, are blessed by God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and those who are merciful. The world seems to celebrate those who are only concerned for themselves. Jesus proclaims blessing for the complete opposite. Blessed are the pure in heart. The world seems to promote those who are corrupt. Jesus proclaims the pure in heart are blessed by God. Blessed are the peacemakers. The world so often wants to look the other way if there is conflict. On the other hand, the world often seems to want to cause conflict where there is not. 
But Jesus proclaims the peacemakers are blessed by God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right. The world says, well, you had it coming if you're going to do that and stand up for yourself. Jesus proclaims they're blessed by God. Every time Jesus is proclaiming that those who follow him are to live a very different life to the world around us. A life of reaching out and caring for others. A life of standing up to oppression and corruption. A a, a life of humble service rather than delusions of grandeur. The church is not about buildings, even though they are built to the glory of God and have been places in which followers of Jesus have worshipped for generations. But the church buildings are just that. Spaces where we worship God, where the sacraments are celebrated, and they are spaces which have altered pretty much constantly since they were originally built. Changed, adapted, bits added, bits taken away to better facilitate and accommodate the church in every generation. Church buildings do not remain static. This church has seen so much change over its history. Alterations happening to allow different styles of worship as are appropriate at different times. The organ console moved from just about where I'm standing here to over there where Andrew is sitting. In the process, some choir stools were moved out of the way, otherwise the organ would have been up in the organ console would have been up in the air somewhere. I guess at the same time the choir stools in the chancel were replaced. The chapel of the archangels as we know it now was at one point the changing room for ladies in the choir. It was a chapel before that. It's been converted back to a chapel since. Pews were installed in the church rather than people standing or kneeling throughout worship. Pews were taken out of this church, replaced by the benches you're sitting in now. Benches rather than pews. Pews have doors and fireplaces and that kind of thing. And are rented out. Benches are the ones we have here. That's a tangent, but hey, I'm always going off on tangents. The east end of the church, all these mosaics are only about 120 years old. Before that, it looked different. 170 years or so ago, the window style was changed. Before that, it was more like the window in the chapel of the archangels. The window was shrunk down. On the other hand, that's more of a style in keeping with the earlier stage of the church. So it may be that there was a window like that before that was enlarged, then shrunk again. The glass in it is only post-World War II. This eagle lectern was installed over there as it happens. And then when the organ console moved, it came over here, put on a platform which was installed, which wasn't here before. The lift and the kitchen area were installed. Changes to the church building continue so that it can be used 
to the glory of God in every generation, in celebrating the sacraments, in showing hospitality, sanctuary, shelter, and welcome to all people. What was appropriate a generation ago might not be appropriate now. The building has to adapt to facilitate the mission of God in this and every generation. It needs to adapt so that we can be people who proclaim a way of life contrary to this world's norms, a life Jesus told us about in the Beatitudes, a life of showing and sharing God's love with all people, a life of us striving to be saints rather than us trying to keep a building as a monument to Christianity in an age gone by. It is for us to be living the gospel here and now, living the Beatitudes. Many of you will have heard of Bobby Ball or will have watched Cannon and Ball on TV in when I, when, I, when I was younger and you were still probably adults. He's a famous comic. He came to faith, I discovered, after finding fame. He had his life completely turned around when he came to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And I'm going to finish this sermon with a prayer which he wrote. In this world of ever-changing faces, help me to stay on the straight line I was destined to be on. Help me to try and put right my faults, but to realise that my strengths are gifts. Help me to be patient with others who are as impatient as myself. Help me to learn the value of each minute of each day that I have on this earth, that I can bring love and happiness into someone else's life and not just my own. Teach me to be honest with myself, because if I am not honest with myself first, then it is impossible to be honest with others. Make me slow to speak but quick to listen, because others have a point of view too. Help me to gain a little wisdom as each day goes by, because the smallest grain of wisdom is worth all the riches on earth. Grant me peace and serenity that I may enjoy the days that I have left on earth. Help me to see the good in others before the bad. And last of all, help me to be honest in all that I do, because in spite of all our insecurities and faults, we are the children of God, and he gave us life. So I shall try each day to become a better human being and when my time comes to leave this wonderful world, I can go to God in the knowledge that at least I tried. Amen.